keep praying. And today we're looking at that straight and narrow way. It's a straight and narrow way, everybody. Amen. Everybody ready? Amen. Amen. Looking at that straight and narrow way. I was, uh, the other day I was talking with uh, one of the gentlemen that I met, Ashley Driver, and him and I were just talking and he was talking about that straight and narrow way. And a lot of times we forget about that as believers, that the straight and narrow way just isn't because we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. Living this life that we call the way has to be straight. You hear me? And uh, one of the things I talk to the people about is that, um, you know, we got Passover, we got the Feast of Weeks. Those things are very, very important. And we always have to make sure that we're observing them, not just once a year, but daily observing uh, those things. So we're here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. And it reads this way. It says, enter in at the straight gate. For wide the gate and broad the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight uh, is the gate and narrow the way which leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. How? When I was sitting there this morning and I was like, man, you know, you get a, a word from the Lord about that straight and narrow gate. And then you start to try to figure out in your mind, okay, how do we explain the straight and narrow way? Especially as believers, and some of us have been walking with the Lord now for a little bit of while. You know, some may have just started, but man, we've all been together here for eight years. Eight years we've been rolling together, you know, so we've been listening to this word and walking this word out. But the word of God has always challenged us, I believe. One of the things I love in Luke 24, when Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in all the earth. So this straight gate that we're talking about, <coughs> when I look at Passover and just look at the model of Passover, how without the shedding of blood, he talks about there's no remission of sins or there's no forgiveness. But also, too, we look at Passover. If it wasn't for the blood, death would have came. But also when that firstborn died, that it broke the back of Pharaoh. I think about that in our life, how he broke or he, uh, you know, we talk about break every chain. He broke every single chain long before he gave the law. You know that? I was talking to one of my friends and they were talking about how, uh, hey, good morning, Brother T. How the law, you hear theology today talk about, but the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ as if now you and I have a license to mess up. But I'm here to tell you that we don't have a license to mess up. And if you and I are believers and we are in our word and we are praying, when the Holy Spirit or the Rosh Hokadesh comes into our life, remember the Feast of Weeks when the Rosh Hokadesh comes in, what Exodus chapter 19 and 20, when he comes down, the Lord begins to speak to Israel, but Israel denied the Lord speaking to them, but the Lord gave them 10 commandments. And when God comes in your life and when God comes in my life, he always brings his law. 
And we know we can read in Hebrews chapter 8, I preached that a lot. The Lord said, in those days I will write my laws upon their heart and upon their mind, and I will be to them a God, and they will be to me sons and daughters. It's so important to be able to put the word of God in perspective because a lot of people want to make us lawless or think that it's okay for us to live a certain way, whether it's sexual immorality, uh, whether it's lying, whether it's stealing, whether adultery, whether covetousness. They say that we can just go ahead and live that way because of the forgiveness, but I'm here to tell you that we can't live that way. God's word was given to Israel so that he could teach them his ways. So we say, Lord, I want to know your way. He says, well, I've given you my way and my word. All right. So we're looking here. He says, enter ye in at the straight gate for wide the gate and broad the way that leads to destruction. And he talks about many there be which go in. Now he's talking to his own people. He came unto his own and his own received him not. So he's talking to Hebrew. He's talking to people that, you know, they go to Passover every year. They go to the Feast of Weeks every year. Remember, Moses is still preached at the temple every year. Moses and the prophets and the writings are preached every year. So he's going to people that should know his word. And just like this morning, you and I should know his word. And today I want to take you over to a familiar, a familiar passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 34. If you got your phones, turn to Genesis. I believe it's chapter 34. You know, I'm getting older. I'm trying to stay on top of my game. Those of us that have been here for a long time, you're familiar with the story of Dinah. That was Jacob's daughter. So when you start talking about broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way unto salvation, or enter you in at the straight gate. This right here is what the Holy Spirit put on my heart this morning, just as a reference to broad and narrow. When we begin to look at Genesis chapter 34, and it talks about, um, let's see here, in verse 1 it says, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul cleaved unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were with the cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they were come. And Hamar, the father of Shechem, went out unto Jacob to commune with him. He went out to Jacob, and he, his son said, I love this young lady. I want her to be my wife. Daddy, do all that you can. To get this thing to happen. Amen? Amen. So we're talking today about broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way unto salvation. There's another scripture where it says that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end is destruction. All in this little testimony right here of Dinah and Jacob and her brothers. And also, too, we got to look at the young man right here. Um, that actually went, Hamor, that went and took this young lady. Got to look at the whole story. Got to look at the whole picture here to find out what is broad and what is straight. 
Now, broad is going to be the way that Hamor took. Sometimes you and I will take things that don't belong to us. Amen? Amen. He took somebody's daughter that did not belong to him. He could have went around it. The straight way would have been he should have went. Uh, what he's doing now with his father is what he should have did when he first saw the damsel. Everything would have went all right. Sometimes when you see something, instead of going to take it, maybe if you just go and ask. You can't take it and then ask. You got to ask and maybe somebody would just give it to you. That's called the straight way. All right. Now, also, too, we got another broad way in here. Because what happens when you get swole? We say in the streets, if you swole, say you swole. But they didn't say they were swole. When the father came to sort things out with Jacob, the sons never told him that they were swole. If they would have told the man, you must be crazy, man. And we're going to kill you all tonight. Everything would have went a little bit different, wouldn't it? But they decided in their heart when they began to talk with them about circumcising themselves that that was the broad way. So when you're looking at the straight way to do things in our life, the word of God will always teach you and I how to do things the right way. Because when he talks about broad is the way to destruction, you do not want to do things where it's broad because there's a way that's going to seem right unto you, but the end is going to be destruction. If Hamor would have did things right, maybe they could have got circumcised. Maybe they could have begun to serve the God of Israel and things would have went well for them. If Jacob's boys would have did things right. All right. One of the things that I love about Jacob here. He says here in verse 30 of chapter 34. Um, I want to make sure that I'm right. He says here, and Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and I fewer number. They shall gather themselves together uh, against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sister as with a harlot? All right? So in your heart, and I'm telling you right now, fences are going to come. Things are going to happen in your life where you're going to have to make some split decisions in your life. These sons right here, when they came in from the field and realized that somebody had taken their sister. They already decided in their heart, the two brothers. Her two brothers that now remember, there's 12 brothers, but these two brothers are actually that is actually their sister. Even though the other ones, that might be their half-sister, these other two are like, no, I'm not half. I'm full blood with her. And they made a decision in their heart to plan to destroy the men of that city. In your life and in my life, if we make a broad decision, Jacob says it'll cause you and I to stink. It talks about in the scripture how a good name is better than all the riches in the world. 
And when people think of our name, what do they think of? What do they think of? When they think about who you are, what do they think? A good name is better than all the riches in the world. A good name means that you are shooting people straight. We say that on the street all the time. Hey, John, shoot me straight. All right, Mark, this is how, this is how it is. Man, this is how it's going to go down. And he talks to me honestly about things. Sometimes in split-second decisions, you and I, uh, it says that God is not a man that he would what lie. And sometimes you and I, anytime we begin to lie or not tell the truth, we're taking a broad way. But the end of that broad way will always be destruction. And Jacob is telling his sons, the decision that you made today causes me to stink. You brought destruction on those men over there for what they did to your sister. But you don't understand what you're bringing back to us. You didn't think everything through. You thought that nobody would see you. You thought that nobody would care. You thought that you could do whatever you wanted to do and get away with it. But that's impossible. Because our sin will always find us out. Do you hear me? God gives us room to repent. And even in my life today, when I begin to examine myself, sometimes you have to understand that we are on a timetable. Sometimes we only get a certain amount of time to repent from the things that we are doing in our life. I understand grace and I understand mercy. Grace means it's undeserved favor. God gives you favor in your life regardless of your life. But mercy means that you are guilty. And when we go to the Lord and say, Lord, please have mercy upon me, then he has mercy, which means that we are admitting to the, you know, what we've done. We admitted to it. So when he's, Jesus says, you know what, man? Enter in at the straight gate. That's every decision that you and I make in our life. Listen, I understand our flesh. There's some things that we eat. There's some things that we drink. There's some things that we do that brings this flesh much pleasure. But it ain't right. Let a man examine himself. You examine yourself against the word of God. And some of the things that we find ourselves doing... Some things we can talk about and some things we can't talk about. But if a man says that he has no sin, he's a liar. And the scripture says that some sins will set us back. We are trying to move more towards consecrating ourselves or setting ourselves apart for the master. That's what you and I are trying to do. Are we setting ourselves apart for God to fill us and use us by his spirit. He says you can't serve two masters. You can't go the broad way and the straight way. That's two, there's two different places. You got a straight and you got a broad. You can't, you and I are not omnipresent. We can't fake like we're going right, but actually go left. And we can't fake like we're going left and actually go right. You're either going to be this or you're going to be that. I think Black Sheep said that. So when he starts to talk to us about entering in at the straight gate, <laughs> it's a struggle. And y'all remember the older people used to say to us, freedom is a road, what? Seldom traveled by the multitude. 
So even though the multitude of, of, of the Hebrews are there listening to Jesus, do they understand that this thing about the broad and the straight is effective in our lives right now? What decisions are we going to make? What decisions are I'm telling you right now, when I was listening to that and I started meditating on that, the Lord is like, what you going to do, Mark? Are you going the broad way or are you going the straight way? And each and every one of us begins to think about the decisions that we are making in our lives, the private decisions and the public decisions. And today we have a choice that we have to make. Amen. In, in chapter 35, God begins to describe to Jacob the remedy for the straight and narrow. Y'all hear me? There's a straight and narrow remedy for all of us that are in the room. In chapter 35, he gives us a remedy. He gives uh, Jacob or Israel right now a remedy. <laughs> and it says here in verse one, and God said unto Jacob, arise, go unto Bethel and dwell there and make an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fled from the face of Esau, thy brother. That was a very important time in Jacob's life where his life was on the line. And the reason why you and I have altars in our life where God did something in our life. He did something back in the 80s. He did something in the 90s. He did something in 2000. He did something in 2010. He did something in 2015. In 2020, we all made it through COVID. Do you hear me? If, I, if you made it through COVID, you're going to make it through this. So he says, remember what I did with Esau, your brother, when he made a vow that he was going to kill you when he saw you. Because Jacob is stressed. He told his sons, you caused me to stink. You make me stink. And a bad name is like you stinking. You hear me? The kids understand that. They're like, ooh. You ever pass gas by yourself but somebody has to come in the room at that time? Huh? You ever just try to walk away to the other side of the house and say, you know, you're talking to somebody. Say, I'm going to go other side of the house and pass gas. As soon as you pass gas, here's somebody else coming in the room like, hey, ooh. And you can't say that it was somebody else. Because they know you're the only one in the room. Now, the best thing to do is not leave the room, but just let it go with everybody there. Hope it's silent. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> whoever smelt it, dealt it. Yeah. <laughs> At least you can have an argument. Well, you by yourself. <laughs> the only person did it was you. <laughs> All right. That's a good analogy. That's the best analogy I can give for you on that one. <laughs> then Jacob said unto his household and to all them that are with him, Mari, Mari. Go ahead and take him outside and deal with him so everybody can listen. <laughs> Mara's like, you know, the older brother's like, no, I'm a strong army. So it says here in 35 and verse 2, God gives Jacob the remedy. He says, remember, stop Jacob, Jacob's stressing, just like you and I. And he reminds us of a time when we thought it was over. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, because God speaks to him and says, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. You know, the thing that you sit here and I, and I begin to look at this and 
Just like we were saying earlier, you can't serve two masters. And I have to think to myself, who am I serving when I'm making these decisions that I know in the word that's not right? Sometimes we make decisions that we can't share with another believer because the believer is going to know that we stink. So you can't share it with somebody else because they're going to be like, ooh, you stink. You're making decisions in your life that's against the word of God. And you and I cannot make these decisions. When we begin to examine our life, what decision have we made in our life just like Jacob's sons that is causing us as a believer to stink? And then the Lord tells you and I, Mark, I love you, son, but you can't serve two masters. And I understand and we're going to go back over to Matthew chapter 7 because we got to look at these next couple of verses. But he's the Lord our God. He changes not. He says, be holy for I am holy. Does it mean that we're going to be without sin? No, it, that's not what he's saying. But sometimes I'm making decisions that I know are wrong. And I don't know how to get out of it. Jacob's boys made a decision. That caused them to stink. And nobody knew the way out. So the Lord talks to Jacob and says, remember what I did with your brother Esau. If you remember what he did is he got a way to pray. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not by strength nor by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So the first thing you and I need to do is pray. And when the Lord answered him, he says, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Do we still serve these strange gods? Every time you and I make a decision to go left to the Broadway where we have to leave our Lord and Savior. We have to leave Yah. We have to leave our God. And we have to go over here to this other God and we have to serve him. Because our God, we can't serve our God with sin. Do you hear me? There's no way that you and I, should we go lay up with somebody and back in the days when Paul was preaching, he said, you can't go lay with a prostitute because then you make Christ go with you. And then you and I, when we begin, it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and I what's really going on in our life. Because if I'm looking at my significant other in the face and I'm telling them, you know what I'm saying, we one flesh. And then I turn around over here and go with somebody else. Y'all already know that obviously, listen, I'm either going to love one and hate the other. But if I'm rolling with the other, then clearly I must hate the one that I'm with. And the Lord is like, clearly I've done something to you because you keep leaving me to go over here with this strange God. And it's just like that. He said, put those idols away from me. Well, idols have changed. No, we don't have any wooden object, but we still practice what they do in front of their God. And you and I cannot practice these things, whatever it is. Only we all are examining ourselves this morning. 
What do I do in private that does not serve my God? What do I do that nobody else knows that I do? And I'm serving this other God over here privately. And listen to this. And let us arise. Verse three of, of, of uh, it says, let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak, which was by Shechem. Now, listen, these people were wearing things that was letting other people know that they were about that life. There's certain things that people wear that I would be unaware of because I don't partake in that particular sin. But they were wearing these earrings and these bracelets and these different things that represented a whole nother different God. And what do we have in our house? What tattoos do we have on our body? What books do we have on the shelf? What music are we listening to? What is it about our life that lets the people know out there in the world that you're about that life? <laughs> what is it? What is it? That we are, what T-shirts do we wear? You know, I wear, you know, my little ego stuff to let you know what, who I represent. And it's the same thing with the earrings and the bracelets and the tattoos. Who do we really believe in? Because if you're not serving this God, when you go back to Egypt and you look at all the gods that are represented at Egypt, You'll find that, man, there's like 360-something gods there, let alone people who think that they're God, who name themselves God. So now you've got different pharaohs when you dig them up. They, they dig up. Even though they're dead, they're telling you that they're God. Find out who we serve. I have to find out who I'm serving. I have to find out what I'm doing. And then I have to make a decision. Now, his children... They knew the predicament that they were in was a tough one. They made a decision to give up their bracelets and their earrings and all those things that represented those other gods. It's a choice. It's a free choice. You don't have to do it. You don't have to give up anything because we serve God by choice. When you get married and somebody says they get down on their knee, ladies, and they present that ring to you and said, would you marry me? You're free to say no. You're free to say, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks anyway. But when you and I say I do and then we let the whole world know that we are believers and who we serve, but yet we're doing something totally different. It looks bad on us and it causes us to stink. They gave Jacob. Everything that they had. They gave it all up. They finally made a decision after how many years to give it all up. And that's the place where God wants to bring us at today to where we examine ourselves. And then you and I make a decision to give up this God that we secretly serve. It's in secret. Nobody else knows it but just us and God. When we go back over to Matthew chapter 7, 
remember that we're talking about the narrow way. It says, enter ye in at the straight gate. He says, shoot me straight. Stay in a straight line. Don't go to the left and don't go to the right. Stay straight. What is straight? For wide the gate and broad the way that leadeth to destruction. You've got a lot of different things you can choose to do out here in the world. But there's only one way that God tells for you and I to do it. There is no child in here when their parents says, now you sit your butt down and tell me the truth. There's no variations. You can use a lot of different variations to tell your parent what they want to hear. But there's only one truth. There's many lies. You can come up with many stories. But there's only one truth. Do you hear what I'm saying? Tell me what happened and don't be playing with me. In your mind, listen, the mind is so smart, it's like a computer. It'll start thinking of 50 to 60 lies in about five seconds. You know, I can say this, I can say this. Your mind will start to calculate lies. But there is only one truth. That's the straight gate. Broad is the way to destruction. You can choose to do whatever you want to do. There's only one straight gate. Because straight is the gate. Listen to what he's saying. That straight gate, that narrow way, which leads to life. And few be that find it. Even in the house of the Lord. He's trying to tell us that very few people choose the straight way. Especially those of us that study scripture who know the way that we should go. And then the last part here in verse 15, you know what it says? It says, beware of false prophets. It says, beware of false prophets, false preachers, false teachers, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree, you hear what I'm saying? Bringeth forth good fruit. Every good Believer, this is God saying, this is what he wants you and I to know today. Are you bringing grapes or thorns? Are you bringing uh, figs or thistles? What is it that you, what fruit are you and I bearing for everybody to see? Do we stink or do we smell like potpourri? Now you can stink too. Somebody could could say, oh, you smell good. And then somebody also can hold their nose, too, and be like, ooh, you stink. Listen, they're both talking about how you smell, but one says you smell good, and the other says you stink. And none of us want to hear that we stink. <laughs> but every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Are you listening this morning? I know my grandboys, they, they can be tough on you. But you got to bypass them on this message. Even I preached it. I struggled last week because I wanted to take my belt off. 
But this week, I said, you know what, God? Thank you. I started to give God praise. I started to worship the Lord because my grandboys are here. So regardless of what I see, regardless of what I feel, I'm going to worship him. Regardless of what happens, I got to go ahead and preach. I got to do my job and let God do his job. It's his, he's the one that straightens us out. And this morning, he's trying to straighten us out. He says, I know that you didn't want to bring that forth. I know that you don't want to stink. I know that's not your intention, but you can't keep lying, Mark. You can't keep doing that, Mark. You've got to listen to me, son. The end is going to be destruction for you. Just because you're getting away with it now doesn't mean that you're always going to get away with it. Destruction comes suddenly on a man or a woman. He told the rich man when he wanted to build more storehouses, he said, fool, your life is over tonight. The decisions you and I make right here and right now in this house of the Lord, the same way when they went to the house of Bethel, they had to come clean with God and say, yes, I got secrets. Yes, I'm not doing it the way you told me to do it. Yes, and as you're sitting here today, and I'm sitting here today, I've got to tell the Lord I am not doing some things your way. Some things I am doing it your way, but I got some other things in my life that I'm not doing it the way that you're asking me to do it. But I still, listen, I still want to bring forth good fruit, don't I? We still want to bring forth good fruit. We still want to reap the harvest, even though the decisions that we are making are destructive issues. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. A good tree. If, if I'm good, if I'm choosing the straight way, I will never ever bring forth evil fruit. Do you hear me? It just won't happen in my life. Neither can a corrupt tree. If I'm corrupt, if I'm living a, a secret life, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. That's a tough word this morning for each and every one of us because it puts us in a place to choose whom we will serve. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Destruction is coming for me. Destruction is coming for you. Wherefore by their fruits <laughs> you shall know them. Good Lord. That hurts. That hurts. It makes me have to go home and like Michael Jackson, take a look at that man in the mirror. I, I Listen, I, 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 I don't even need to think about you. I don't need to think about you. I don't need to have your name coming out my mouth. The only person that the Bible is telling me to look at is myself. And it's telling me, Mark, you cannot be slipping and sliding and gliding and then think you're going to be blessed. It's not how it works. God doesn't bless no mess. Amen. 
He says, if my people, I know all of us in this room are in the my people. I know that. We've been walking together for a while. Traveling like nomads, like Abraham from place to place. He says, if my people who are called by my name would turn from their wicked ways, pray, seek my face, I'll heal their land. We've been talking about Jehovah Rapha. But it takes a decision right now that you and I have to make. It's not going to be a popular decision because we're going to have to lose some people. We're going to have to lose some places. And we're going to have to lose some things. But if you love me, he says, keep my commandments. Some people are not going to understand the decision you make because they're like, hey, we ain't doing nothing wrong. Don't listen to R. Kelly. (laughs) Because God does see something wrong. All right. Yes, he does. I'm sorry about that. He does see something wrong. And he wants to bless us. But he can't bless our mess. So think about the straight way this morning. All right? If you don't choose the straight way, then the end is destruction. All right? It's tough. It's a tough word, but the truth ain't always pretty. But it's still the truth. All right? I made it through it. Without spanking it. <laughs> Anybody else have anything on their heart? Amen, amen, amen.